the sermon that you're about to listen to can be found at newfoundfaith.org. Be sure to take a moment to go there and subscribe for email notifications so that you never miss a sermon. Sermons are shared every Sunday by 4 p.m. Eastern. This week's sermon thought. Slow down, take your time. The responsive reading for this week's sermon comes from the 18th chapter of Genesis, starting at the 6th verse and going through the 19th verse, with the key verse being from the 15th chapter of John and the 15th verse. Be sure to pause this audio now so that you can read over scripture for today's sermon. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to share this week's sermon with someone, somewhere. always in such a rush. Now, I suppose that the answer to that question would be that essentially our society, even the world itself, has kind of forced that mindset onto us. I was talking to a good friend the other weekend. We were talking about how big of a benefit it would have actually been if we did not live in such a fast paced society. I can recall growing up and how we were being asked what we wanted to be when we grew up before we were even in kindergarten. Before we were out of elementary school, we were already being asked about what college we wanted to go to when few of us even knew what college was or we even knew the name of a college. Always on the go, are we? We are so hasty to make decisions without ever thinking things through, without any clarity. That's a big problem. You see, there's a consequence to this in which sometimes things, they may work out okay, but it seems most of the times when we act, when we act off and we rush in hastily, It always seems that we just make a mess of things. The believer, I would suggest to you today, should always strive to move with clarity, with understanding. The only way that we can move with clarity is if we were to simply slow down and take some time to think things through. You see, the believer that is always in a rush is the believer that is quickly open to rushing into error, quickly open to rushing into sin, which can hurt themselves, but not only hurt themselves, but hurt others as well. So we should walk by faith and not by sight. That is what Paul said. You see, patience itself, it is a virtue, and for the believer, it is the utmost of virtues. You see, in patience, we find understanding. In patience, we find clarity. And in patience, we can find these things from the Lord himself. So again, I ask you today, why are we Why are you always in a rush? Slow down. Take your time. 
my sermon last week, we saw a blameless and an upright man who sought for clarity and who sought for understanding, but he struggled in finding clarity and finding understanding. He quickly rushed to believe that God was against him. And he even asked questions of the Lord. One such question that we saw Job ask in my sermon last week was, how does my sin affect you? That is what he asked of the Lord. Now, I thought about Job's question there. How does sin affect God? And I concluded that our sin, it certainly does affect the Lord. See, our sin, I want you to understand today, it grieves the Lord. You see, God, he grieves when we trespass against him. When we, in other words, when we stand in opposition against him, it grieves the Lord. But not only does the Lord grieve when we sin against him, I would suggest to you today that the world, meaning all of us, we all suffer from the sins of one another whether you believe that or not. Just take a look at the sinful actions of others and how it has affected our society today. The hatred that we were speaking of in our Sunday school lesson this week, the hatred of the world today, it has a great effect on how we act today, how we act amongst each other. You see, the book of Genesis itself, it is filled with how the sins of mankind, how they not only grieve the Lord, but they cause pain and suffering for others as well. The first example that I can think of off the top of my head is the example seen during the days of Noah. Where the sins of mankind, it was so great that their sins, it pained the Lord. And not only did it pain the Lord, but the sins of mankind, it hurt mankind because God was ready to move against man. And God was ready to destroy everything with the great flood. But thankfully, God chose to do otherwise. Thankfully, there was forgiveness in the Lord because of his love. And thankfully, God chose to give mankind a second chance by saving Noah and his loved ones. Again, there is another example that I could think of about how the sins of one can hurt and affect another. In the book of Genesis, We see again that sin not only grieves the Lord, but it also grieves others. And we see this through Abraham and through Sarah. In their grand and in their great desire to have a child, to have one that could be an heir to Abraham. You see, all Abraham and Sarah, they had spent several years trying to have children. But as we know through scripture, Sarah was unable to have children. She could not bear a child. I want you to understand that this was something that that frustrated Sarah. 
and it frustrated her greatly, I would tell you today. You see, she viewed this as a sign of not being favored in God's eyes, all because she could not have a child. Because she could not bear children, Sarah, she felt like she was not blessed by the Lord. And so because Sarah felt this way, we're told in the second verse of the 16th chapter of Genesis, we are told that Sarah blamed the Lord. She blamed God because she felt that God was not giving her her blessing, the desires of her heart. She felt that God was keeping her from her blessing because she could not bear children. How many of you today believe that God is keeping you from a blessing? I would tell you today that there are actually many people who believe that God isn't blessing them. I would tell you today that there are many people who believe today that they're not highly favored in God's eyes because they do not have what they want to have. What they believe it is owed to them. They believe that God is keeping them from what is owed to them. Do you hear me here today? Now, Sarah, because she felt this way, We'll see that Sarah, she then hastily took matters into her own hands. And and we'll find there in that 16th chapter that she made a very hasty decision that would come back to pain and to grieve her. We see that in the second verse there that she encouraged Abraham to go and be with Hagar so that Hagar could bear him an heir. All right. Now, in her haste, Sarah, I want you to understand, she did not fully understand the consequences of her actions. Right. You see, she did not understand that her actions would not only end up hurting her and her feelings, mm-hmm. but it would end up hurting Hagar. It would end up hurting Ishmael, the son that was born from Hagar, And it would end up hurting Abraham as well because it would pain Abraham to have to let that son go. And I would tell you today that even the world is still hurting today because of Sarah's hasty decision. The world, I want you to understand today, it is still feeling the end results of Sarah being upset that she could not have a child and decided to act hasty and give her husband over to another woman. You see, there are consequences to all of our actions, especially those actions that are done in haste. Again, I tell you that many of us, we move in the same way that Sarah moved when she again felt that the Lord was not working in her favor. Many of us would do the same exact thing. We feel that God has not given us what we wanted. When we have spent our days saying to God, give me what I want. 
and God hasn't moved fast enough for us, we get out there in haste. And I tell you again that there are consequences to these actions. See, this thought, it, it takes me back to some questions that I asked in my sermon last week. Who are we to question the Lord is what I asked last week. I asked last week, who are we to tell God what is just and what is unjust? What is right and, and what is wrong? Who are we to tell God what to do and what not to do? When to move for us and, and when not to move for us? Who are we to do these things? Is our righteousness truly higher than God's that we will command of him like we are his boss? Do, do we believe, do we see ourselves as the bosses of God? Many people believe that they are the boss of God. As we saw last week, Job, he wished that he could have been God's boss. And, and I would suggest to you here today that Sarah, because she could not have this child and because of her actions, I would tell you today that Sarah would wish that she could be God's boss as well. How many of you today wish that you could be the boss of God and get everything that you want on your own time? Some of us are shaking our heads today, but there are many who wish that they could be the boss of God today. But I wonder, how can our righteousness be higher than the Lord's righteousness when we do not understand his ways, when we do not understand the way in which he moves? You see, this is where our troubles begin. And, and, and why we act out of haste. Our troubles, they begin because of our lack of understanding the Lord. Right. Our lack of understanding what God is doing for us. Because we do not understand, some of us, we begin to lose faith in the Lord. And once we start to lose faith, we begin to panic. Panic, it, it begins to set in. And that panic, it turns into a feeling of needing to get up and go. A, a feeling of, of, of needing to take things, to take matters into our own hands. A, a feeling to, to, to need to move and, and to move in haste. Because we want our blessing and we want it now. We want it as soon as possible. In a panic, we begin to move without clarity. And when we do this, we end up opening ourselves up to error. And then when we error, we begin to wonder, how? How did this happen? And then guess who we blame? We don't blame ourselves. We blame God. We say, God, how did you let this happen? Boy, aren't we foolish. 
You are nothing but big old fools in our heart. So it would seem what we would need to do is first find some kind of clarity before we move, before we, we try and take matters into our own hands. And again, I tell you that the best way we can do this to find clarity, to find understanding is to slow down and to take our time. You see, there is absolutely no need for you to ever be in a rush. There's no need of it. Especially when the one who is mighty is already working on your behalf. There is no need of the child of God to ever feel that they need to take matters into their own hands. When God is already working for you. Stop being a fool. And I'm going to say that plain today. Stop being a fool in your heart thinking that you know better than God. Slow down. Take your time. Now this picture, it is painted for us through Abraham himself that we need to slow down and that we need to take our time and that the Lord is already working on our behalf. Now, let's not think for one second here that Sarah was alone in making the hasty decision to move ahead of God here today. I don't want anybody to think that I'm just putting it all on the woman here because it wasn't just Sarah here. In that second verse there, in the 16th chapter of Genesis, when Sarah had accused the Lord of, of working against her and encouraged Abraham to be with Hagar there, I, I want you to notice something there about Abraham. And I want you to see something about Abraham there. Abraham, he did not question her. He did not question her hastiness. In fact, we will see that Abraham went along with her hastiness. He wanted that child as much as, as Sarah did. You mm-hmm. see this again, going along with Sarah's hastiness, Abraham being hasty himself there. This was a terrible decision for Abraham. Mm-hmm. And, and what makes this so much worse for from Abraham's perspective here today is the fact that Abraham knew better. And the reason why I tell you today that he knew better was because he had received a word. In fact, Abraham had received a promise from the Lord on this exact matter when it came to the desires of his heart. He had heard from God and he had received a promise from God on this matter. I tell you today, when it comes to the desires of your heart, you have also received a promise from God. In his conversation with the Lord in the 15th chapter of Genesis and in the second and the third verse, we find that Abraham had asked the Lord, what would God give him seeing that he went childless? He was already speaking about it with God chapters earlier. And he explained to God that he did not have a true heir in those two verses. And we'll see that that Lord responded to him 
with a promise to give to him an heir that would come from his body, that would come through his seed. In the fourth and the fifth verse in the 15th chapter of Genesis, we'll see that God told Abraham to count the stars. As he did promise to Abraham, his number of descendants would be as the number of the stars. So God had made Abraham a promise. And in the sixth verse there, we're told that Abraham believed the Lord and what God had promised to him. Yet, Abraham moved with a lack of clarity because he did not wait on the Lord to move for him. Abraham, in other words, he got tired of waiting. And again, the end results ended up being that Sarah despised Hagar and Ishmael, Mm -hmm. the son that was born from Abraham, which led to the two eventually being exiled from Abraham and from his house. Mm -hmm. Now, Abraham, he believed that he had done no wrong as Ishmael did come from his body. But I I want you to understand today that that was not what the Lord had intended when he had made his promise with Abraham. You see, all Abraham and Sarah managed to do when they acted out of haste, all they managed to do was create a very confusing and frustrating situation. All they managed to do was make a mess of things. That's what we do when we get out ahead of God. We make a mess of things. We cause great confusion. And as Paul said to the Corinthians, the Lord, our God, is not the author of confusion. See, when we move out of haste without the Lord and we make a mess of things, we have made ourselves look rather foolish. And we made the Lord look bad as well. Because somebody will begin to believe, well, that's what God has given to his child. How happy are you when all you're left with is your own mess when you have acted irrationally and in haste? You see, when you move out of haste and you make a mess of things, there is rarely any happiness or joy. However, I can testify to you today that when things work out according to God's will without our interference, there is no mess. I saw this last year when I got my kidney. You see, when when we get out of God's way and allow the Lord's will to be done, I want you to understand that things go smoothly. And not only do things go smoothly, our joy is fulfilled. Slow down and take your time so that you don't end up in a mess and so that things will go smoothly for you and so that your joy will be fulfilled. Rather than thinking or believing that the Lord does not favor us, Let us remember something about God. Let us remember his thoughts towards us Mm -hmm. and that the Lord's thoughts towards us are not evil thoughts, but they are of peace to give us a future and a hope. Now, somebody may ask, well, I don't, somebody may say, I don't know about that. Mm -hmm. 
because I don't feel like I have a future and a hope. Why would you say that, preacher? Why would you say that the Lord thinks this way towards me when I don't have what I want to have? Mm-hmm. Well, in the 15th chapter of John's gospel, in the lead up to our key verse, in the 14th verse there, Jesus tells us that we, his disciples, are his friends. We are his friends because we do what he has commanded of us. So, in other words, we are in fellowship with Christ. And because we are in fellowship with Christ, we are in fellowship with the Lord. And this is something that I always tell you all not to take lightly. Do not take lightly your fellowship, your friendship with God. What this means for us in being a friend of Jesus is shown to us there in our key verse for today in the 15th chapter and in the 15th verse of John's gospel. Jesus tells us that because we are his friends, he has made all things that he has heard from his father known to us. All things, Jesus said there. No secrets. All things. I want you to understand that this speaks to God giving us his friends. This speaks to him giving us clarity. All clarity. And this isn't something that that is new as again, through the prophet Amos, God said that he does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets who would then go on and relay that word from God to the people. What God is doing for you today, it is relayed to you today through the inner dwelling of the Holy spirit. God does not keep secrets from you. God, I want you to understand today, will give you understanding. God, I want you to understand today that if you were to slow down and you were to take your time, God will give you clarity. Mm-hmm. The Lord does not hide what he is doing from you. Just slow down and take time. You see, it often feels like we do not value our fellowship and our friendship with the Lord because we are always acting out of haste and not waiting on him. Imagine not waiting on your friend, your friend in Jesus, who is mighty and who is all powerful and who is all knowing. Imagine not waiting on that friend. In his day of haste, Abraham, he should have remembered that he was a friend of the Lord that God would make things clear to him if he was to just wait on him. As shown in scripture, after Ishmael was born to Hagar, the Lord spoke to Abraham again of the son of promise. This time God said plainly to him there in the 17th chapter of Genesis and in the 15th and in the 16th verse, The Lord said plainly to him that the son of promise would come through Sarah, making it very plain and making it very clear. The Lord said that she would be a mother of nations and kings of people 
would be from her, not from another woman, not from someone else. So again, God was making this very clear to Abraham in what it was that he was doing. And I again tell you today, I believe that if you are to simply slow down and take your time today, that the Lord will make it clear to you what he is doing on your behalf. There is no need for you to rush. Now, Abraham's response during this conversation was one of disbelief. We're told there that he fell on his face in laughter as he questioned God and what God had said. You see, Abraham, he was an old man. Abraham, he was 99 years old. And so he could not see how he could not understand how he and Sarah would be able to have children at such an old age. Abraham's disbelief here, his uncertainty here, it needed to be removed. It needed to be taken away. He needed to truly be given clarity and understanding by the Lord. And I want you to see how God delivered to him this clarity and this understanding here today. One day as he sat in the door of his tent, we're told there in the 18th chapter and in the first and the second verse that the Lord and two angels, they appear by him as three men who were there to meet Abraham in person. God came to Abraham in person this time around. This meeting, I, I would suggest to you today, it is representative of God communicating with man as friend to friend. This is representative of being in fellowship together with the Lord. This meeting again, I would suggest to you today is how the Holy spirit meets with all of us on a spiritual level. You see, see God is always with us. God is always by us. You see, God in that moment in time was by Abraham as the Holy Spirit is by us today. And this is how we communicate with the Lord today. Friend to friend. Abraham, we will notice here, was compelled in his soul to treat the Lord and the two angels with great humility and hospitality. In the fourth and in the fifth verse there, we see that Abraham offered them water to, to wash their feet as was custom in that time. We see that he brought them food to eat as well. Abraham, I want you to see there from the third verse, he was happy here. Abraham was happy here because he believed he had now found favor in God's eyes. But I, I believe that Abraham was his 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 belief here was was misunderstood here because Abraham always had favor in the Lord's eyes. He was the one that was going out and rushing out ahead of the Lord. Don't ever think that you are not highly favored in God's eyes because you have gotten out ahead of God. The Lord just wants you to wait on him. God, he then addressed Abraham's lack of understanding and belief on the matter that was most dear to him. The Lord, he spoke to Abraham again here on his promise. Saying there in the 10th verse, I will certainly, the Lord said there, certainly, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life 
And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. You are going to get that blessing is what God is saying there. Just stop. Slow down. Take your time. Believe in what I am saying to you is what God is saying there. I believe God says that to all of us today. And I believe God repeats this over and over and over and over again to us. Every time we pray about that blessing that we desire, the desires of our heart, I believe that God tells us every time, wait, I'm going to do it. I'm moving for you right now. Just be patient. Is what I believe the Lord says to us. God was going to do what he was saying he was going to do. And I believe That is true today. The Lord, he even asked because Sarah decided to laugh at the notion. The Lord asked, is there anything too hard for me? You see, there is nothing that is too hard for God. Seems that what is hard for, for, for the Lord is, is us being patient with him. That's what's hard is our patience. Waiting on the Lord. See, there's nothing that is too hard for God, which is why you ought to slow down and why you ought to take your time. That is why you ought to wait on him. You see, I believe Abraham, with this conversation here with the Lord, I believe he finally understood what the Lord had been making clear to him the whole time. I want you to understand that all of us, all of us, we get into this, this notion of needing to get out ahead of God because we lack that clarity and that understanding. But I want you to understand that all of us, uh, we must understand that uh, we must learn to trust in the Lord. We must learn to trust in, in what the Lord is saying he is going to do. When God says that he's going to do something for us, believe it. Trust that God is going to do what he says he is going to do. God had made a promise to Abraham, but rather than trusting in what the Lord had promised, he acted hastily. He acted irrationally. We do this same thing today. And and I would ask you today about that. Do you trust in what the Lord says he is going to do for you? If you truly trust in what God is saying he's going to do for you, you would think about slowing down. You see, we think so little about acting hastily and rushing into sin, but sin, it is a very big deal. It is a very big deal when we choose to get out ahead of God and and we should not think lightly of, of taking matters into our own hands rather than trusting in the hands of God. Do you trust in the hands of God today? See, being in a rush spiritually is not something that you ought to take lightly. God will give us clarity so that we don't have to ever be in a rush to error against him, to error against ourselves because we hurt ourselves when we get in that rush and to error against those who are around us because our sin, our rush, it affects all those who are around us as well. As the Lord and the two angels prepare to leave, we see there in the 17th verse that God, he, he asked a question. He said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? And as we saw in our key verse, 
through Christ. We know that God will not hide anything from us because we are his friends. We are in fellowship with him and in our relationship, in our fellowship with him, there are no secrets. God did not hide from Abraham what he was about to do. The reason being, I believe, is because he did not want to see his friend continue to act irrationally. In scripture, we will see that the Lord also stated that Abraham was about to have much influence throughout the world. The Lord would be testified of if Abraham would simply be obedient. There goes that word again. If he was to be obedient and trust in his words. God desires this same thing from us today. Not to act hastily, not to act irrationally, but to be obedient, to trust in him, to trust his words, to trust what he is doing. Though we may question the Lord all the time, I want you to understand today that God is not hidden anything from you. He has kept nothing secret from you. Jesus said to us that if we abide in his word and his word abide in us, we will ask what we would desire and it will be given to us. Again, I ask you today, do you trust that God will do what he says he will do? All we have to do is trust in the Lord and his blessing will surely fall on us. They will come forth to us. Therefore, because we know the Lord is going to bless us again, I tell you today, there is truly, there is really no need for us to ever act irrationally. Just slow down. And in those moments of uncertainty, in those moments of where you lack understanding, wait for that clarity to come from God. As I often say to you, the Lord is faithful and he will never fail you. And reminded to the lyrics of that hymn that we sung this morning, where we sang, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. You see, these lyrics, they speak to our fellowship with Christ and how he is there to bear all of what we go through in life as a good friend. We did sing, have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. We sang again, which speaks to the truth in life that we're going to have hardships. We're going to have times where we lack understanding and clarity, where we may even move irrationally. However, again, Jesus is a good friend that we should turn to in those times who again will uplift us in those times, who again as a good friend in our fellowship with him will give us clarity so that we can slow down and so that we can move with certainty so that we can move in the right way. Lastly, we sung, can we find a friend that is so faithful? Who will all our sorrows share? 
Jesus, we sang, knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Again, God is ever faithful to us and is always with us. The only time that God is not by our side is when we choose to go and rush off from him. Slow down. Take your time. Wait on him so that God is always with you so that you can set off in the right direction. See how much better things will be for you as a benefit when you slow down and when you take your time. You see, God is that trustworthy and that good friend who we can lean on, who we can depend on, and who we can trust in at all times, especially in those times of uncertainty, where we lack clarity, where we lack understanding, and we are filled with all kinds of doubt. We should never move in panic, and we should never move out of doubt. Nothing good will come forth from doing that. The believer should move with clarity. The believer should move with understanding. The believer should move with certainty. And I tell you today that we can do this by trusting in the Lord, by leaning on Him, and by depending on Him. Amen. Amen. Amen.